Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear up there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Clotho. You can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And I'm joined with Devin. Hey, this is Devin, GD Harpo on Twitter. And Kama. Hi, um, I'm Kama, and you can find me at Oxford Splice on Twitter. And we're going to be discussing John's fifth chapter in A Game of Thrones. Um, all uh, the usual trigger warnings, you know, for rape and violence that might come up. Uh, so we'll just jump right in. Uh, Sir Alistair has gathered the boys and he's announcing that since they're expecting new recruits tomorrow, um, it doesn't sound like he wants to do this, but it's like he's forced to. It's like, okay, we don't have room, so we're going to pass eight of you on to the Lord Commander. And those eight are Albert, Darian, Gren, Halder, John, Mathar, Pip, and Totter. And I actually had to look up the list of their names because they have all the nicknames, which I guess I should have put those in too, but some of the nicknames I had forgotten were so like out there that I was like, okay, who's <laughs> who's this one go to? But uh that's their that's the list. Um he warns them that they might soon be called men of the night's watch, but they're fools if they believe it, predicting that they'll likely they'll die like flies once winter comes. Um, as Sir Alistair leaves, John notices Sam standing by himself as the rest of them are like, you know, sort of jovial and celebrating, congratulating each other. Uh, he goes up to Sam, who's forcing a sad smile. Yeah, I just really visualize this in my mind's eye. Poor Sam. Yeah. Um, and he, he tells John how happy he is. Um, and then he, he goes on to say, you know, you'll make a great first ranger someday, like, his uncle was, and he's the term was, and John bristles and corrects him with is, not was. Mm. Um, before he can say anything else, the others start roughhousing and throw snowballs, and, you know, Sam sort of slips away sadly while John's distracted with all this. So I don't know if there's too much, but uh, this is just, uh, they're probably so happy to get out of, like, Alistair's <laughs> direct training. <laughs> oh. Alistair is the fucking worst. <laughs> He's horrible. <laughs> um, yeah, he's the worst. And I mean, at this point, they're not men of the Night's Watch yet, so they can still technically leave. Yeah. Um, if I'm a lot of them, I'm just thinking about leaving because he's like, We're, you're going to be dead soon anyway. <laughs> yeah, what kind okay, of- <laughs> well, I'm, well, bye. <laughs> what kind of speech is that? I know. If you want to retrain, retain recruits, <laughs> that's a good point. Good grief. <laughs> that's like if you're going to recruit into the army. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, y'all are almost done, but it doesn't really matter because many of you are going to be dead very soon. You haven't soon. taken the oath, so. <laughs> and you haven't taken the oath, you're not going. Like, that you're is leaving. Fine. Yeah, because I didn't think about that. They could have just flipped out and, like, screw you. <laughs> like, how was Alistair the one in charge of this? Because <laughs> he's uh, like, I mean, he's supposed to be the drill sar- sergeant figure from Basic, right? I mean, that's who he's supposed to be. But at this point, yeah. this is where. He should either pretend he has a soft spot and he's this crusty old dude and welcome or whatever, or they've got, they should have that, you know, lieutenant guy or whatever to sort of be like, hey, you made it through. Great. Now it's all Skittles, you know. I want, and I didn't think about that. I wonder how long he's been. Do we get like backstory? I'm like, kind of look at 
Like <clears throat> how long he's been in the Kings? Is he just yeah. so like bitter and he's a, just uh, this size? He's bitter because he lost. Yeah, he was he's on the wrong side, side of yeah. Robert's Rebellion. Uh, okay, okay. So he's, he's just so, that's okay. He's so about. Uh, but yeah. he needs he needs a uh, um a Chris Traeger from Parks and Rec. He's been Wyatt giving you like like you're gonna die. This isn't gonna work. I was gonna be fine. He needs a Chris Traeger just to come and be like, no, no, no. It's gonna be fine. We'll be good. Happy spirits, everybody. That kind of guy, or somebody else just needs to do this all together because he's just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> And so, I mean, that's the thing, too. It's like they all know because I mean, we'll get we'll get to it further in. But it's not like anybody questions when John talks to Eamon about what's going on. It's not like he thinks, oh, this is, you know, he knows something bad's been happening. I mean, they see it. They must see it. So it's just mind boggling that no one. I mean, I could see him killing. I could see him being responsible for one of his recruits death. Like even if even if he didn't like directly kill them somehow, like someone gets cut, someone gets an infection, someone gets abused too much. They don't, you know, there's a mysterious murderer that they don't push somebody off the wall. God, he's really terrible. Okay, so later that night, Three Finger Hob, which is amazing name, um, has cooked the boys a special meal to mark the occasion. They discuss, discuss and joke who is going to be assigned what position. I just take a brief pause because we got Ancient Octagon on Reddit um, sent in a question about um, the lamb and ice blueberries, three finger hobs, hob prepares in this chapter has always sounded delicious to me. Do you all have a favorite among George's many meal descriptions? And um, I, you know, I just did the, 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 if you do a little quick Google search, you can find a list of food and beverages. It's extensive. Um, I, I, you know, I was kind of eyeballing it from right off. I remember, I always remember the lemon cakes, which are so iconic, but um, any kind of cake, the, you know, sweet red wine. Um, there was something, the Dornish food sounds great. There's like a, something wrapped in, um, it's like a uh, kid, which I don't, know, I don't know about that part because I'm a vegetarian, but lemon and honey and stuffed grape leaves with raisins and onions and mushrooms and fiery dragon peppers. That sounds good to me. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. anything that Dornish are eating <laughs> yes. is, is what I'm eating because I, I love spicy food. I love hot food. So anything that Dornish are eating, like they talk about stuffed green peppers with cheese oh, and onion. Yes. Like, oh, yes. oh yeah, man. Any of that, I'm definitely eating. You know, I remember there's... I don't, I've got the cookbook. It's one of I've never actually made oh, anything yeah. from it. Um, it's more the kind of thing where I like to look at it and like pretend that one day I would make this stuff. <laughs> but like I think it's um, I don't remember where it happens, but there's a couple of dishes I remember: the trout wrapped in bacon, which just sounds so good to me. Mm. And it's not in the cookbook, I don't think. But um, I think it's, oh yeah, maybe it is. It's the turnips and butter, which um, ta- our uh, brand, I think, sends on to other oh. people at a banquet or whatever. But I'm like, oh God, I love turnips. Give mm-hmm. them to me. <laughs> um, although, it, it, I don't know if this actually, what I envision turnips and butter being is not what this recipe is. So. <laughs> like it's that. a lot Definitely a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of, there's some gross options, but there's a lot of good options in George's world. So if you're rich. Yeah, a lot of the times he'll mention a food and then he'll describe it. And I'm like, that's nothing like what I thought was going to be. I don't want that anymore. That does happen a lot. Um, but it doesn't really happen much with the Dornish. Cause like they, the way they talk about the fiery dragon peppers and all that, like I, yeah, that's what, that's what I want there. Seems to be a favorite. <laughs> And uh, okay, so back to uh, 
Gren says he hopes that he's a ranger and they're all sort of saying, you know, I think I'll be this and I'll be that. And, you know, so was, some of them really got a handle on, okay, this is what I'd be good at and this is what we need. You know, and everybody can't be a ranger. Everybody can't be this. You know, more exciting things and heroic. And um, they all agree that John will be a ranger. You know, and again, they get into this whole, they, you know, everybody's was the past tense. And um, John replies, Benjamin Stark is still first ranger. Um you know, he tells him he's full, kind of has soured him for the meal and departs from the group. And Pip follows and asks what's wrong. And John says he's concerned about Sam, um, which I'm sure is part of it. And he feels restless and he goes for a ride heading south, um, takes Ghost with him. And I thought this was kind of a nice little, little ambience for a little part that I'll read. Um, once he swore his vow... The wall would be his home until he was an old he was old as Master Eamon. I have not sworn yet, he muttered. He was no outlaw, bound to take the black or pay the penalty for his crimes. He had come here freely and he might leave freely, until he said the words. He need only ride on and he could leave it all behind. By the time the moon was full again, he would be back in Winterfell with his brothers. Your half brothers, a voice inside reminded him, and Lady Stark who will not welcome you. There was no place for him at Winterfell, no place in King's Landing either, even his own mother had not a place for him. The thought of her made him sad. He wondered who she had been, what she looked like, why his father had left her, because she was a whore or an adulteress or a fool, something dark and dishonorable, or else why was Lord Eddard too ashamed to speak of her? Jon Snow turned away from the King's Road to look behind him. The fires of Castle Black were hiding, uh, were hidden behind a hill, but the wall was there, pale beneath the moon, vast and cold, running from horizon to horizon. He wheeled his horse around and started for home. Um, and that was kind of gets into like what we were talking about, but like they weren't set to go in right now. And, um, we got Cardinal, Cardinal Girl 75 from Discord says, in this chapter, John thinks about the reasons why Ned never told him about his mother. Ned, you think, would have told John the truth about his parentage someday. Ned has thought, has the thought after he's in prison that he wishes he could sit and talk with John, presumably to tell him the truth. But would his fear for John's life, as well as his promise to the dying Lyanna, have kept him silent? Um, I was wondering about the two as I was reading this. Like, I was wondering, it seems like he was going to tell him, but I wonder, like, what would have been, it seemed like so impossibly hard for him to feel safe disclosing this. What would bring him to that point? Like, would, if they were fighting together and the whites were, you know, what would, would it have to be something extreme or was he really going to just lay it out? Like, when he started to have a conversation? Yeah. I like to think he was just going to tell them, like, mm-hmm. sit down, have the conversation, and tell them about it. And John, I don't, I, I've never thought that his life would be as in much danger as that. I just don't know if I think it would be. Uh, one, I would find out if it's just a kept secret between John and Nerd or whatever. But I think there could be some kind of. I don't know, I don't know if Robert just often kills John because he's Ray Grindley on his son and setting yeah. the tone as it is. Robert doesn't want it anyway, for real. So, I mean, why yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and I think, like, I mean, it seems like Ned had a pretty good feeling for John at this point at his age that he was a pretty steady person. I think, I think John... I don't know. I think he could keep it. You know, I think he could keep the secret. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how. I, I, I definitely so. think he could. Because I think it, for him, it would just be, I just, Honor. I need, I want to know. Yeah. Like, it's just a question that he has that he wants to answer to. And I don't, I don't know if having 
that answer changes anything John, but because of the way he's been raised all these years. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if him getting that answer on check the line of being he's going to what he's doing in this world. Well when he says he can't go to King's Landing, do they ever give a reason why he can't go to King's Landing? Because like he has a reason why they can't go back to Winterfell. Cat wouldn't Cat Yeah. I mean, he doesn't necessarily have to be at court, but yeah, King's mm, is it because it would be? I mean, part of the reason Cat is so bitter about him is because it's not like that Ned found a place for him somewhere and he's off, you know, a couple holdfasts over. It's that he's like up front and center <laughs> with her. And if he had gone along yeah. with that party, would that be considered? I mean, even though there's like apparently a hundred people in that party, would that be considered an insult? Oh, I didn't think about that. I have no idea. That they're uh, like a stuff. Yeah, I, I think it would be if he's with like the actual party. But even he himself, like as this as the party leaves, he just could have jumped somewhere in, in the mix and going to King Landing. Nobody ever would have known. I mean, they, somebody would have found out at some point. But I feel like he could have gotten there without it being like in the actual like okay. with um, with Sansa and with Arya and with Ned. Like I still think he could have gone and not have to be placed at court. And because maybe that they is made his own. Like problem it is, is that. Is that he's like um like you were saying kind of like he's held up as like this is Ned's son. It's not like every other bastard in um in this world that's you don't have this um you're not with the family pretty much. Right. And he is. And I wonder like if he felt like he didn't have if I don't know if that makes sense. Like it's got to be a weird position to be in because you're raised. He's essentially raised in a certain class, but he's still not of that, like, having that different bastard status. Like, I feel like it's this odd outside-looking-in thing, where, and maybe he felt like, I don't know if he felt like he would fit in a King's Landing st- type, or, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he felt like yeah. there isn't a part of society I fit in. Like, do, where, yeah. what do I become, or And that's career? why I feel he yeah. ultimately he is at the wall and goes to the wall, because yeah. there's nowhere he thinks, yeah. or he believes yeah. that, he, that he fits. But I think I mean, he could, yeah, he's capable. Maybe knowing the truth does yeah. change that about him, actually. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Oh, man, that was, inter- you know, that's just interesting to think about. Like, God, it's just so, oh, God, just how things would change. Like, you know, I think the whole course of everything, if he had just, yeah. Yeah, uh, and there's a, I just thought about there's, so twice in this chapter, John has to correct somebody and say that Benjen is still yeah. first ranger as they're yeah. using the past tense was as if he's dead and they know this um so where, where do y'all think he is he got we know in the show he gets the cold hand he becomes basically what cold hands is um but i did but that's i definitely don't think that's what happens in the books and um as george wrote to it i think it was his editor like benjen isn't cold hands Okay. Um, okay. So that's something that we know, and that's confirmed. And I, but I mean, he could change his mind, I guess. But uh, so, he, where do y'all think he is, and what happens? Like, do we see him again? I don't know. I feel like we should, right? But it seems so significant. But I, I can see how people would think he wouldn't because it's so treacherous. It, 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 like, do we see him? Is he undead? I mean, yeah. are we going to see him? Because it's a long time to not be. 
a very long time. Because this is yeah. very early in book one. Where <laughs> like, he, if he's, where like, he's going. I don't know, if the wildlings captured him and he's a prisoner somewhere, okay, or he can't leave, but I can't see him staying away voluntarily. So in a situation where he could be, yeah. You know, yeah. he could leave. So I wonder if he's, um, I mean, honestly, I thought he was dead. But if he's not dead, he's either kept somewhere out of his own volition to leave or he is no longer like, you know, what we would call Vengeance Stark. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know if we see him again, but I do, I think we'll get a definitive answer on what happened to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I feel yeah. like getting the definitive answer, I feel like we would have to see him dead or undead or whatever yeah that's true because if you don't get that then it's always up in the air and you know in this series like anything it's just hearsay (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's even bones could be somebody else's bones i mean there's no proof you know they could dress somebody else in a cloak and yeah uh okay when john returns to castle black he has decided to appeal to master aemon on sam's behalf uh Chet answers the door, and we get this, like, really descriptive, like, about kind of, like, just, just sort of, like, he's just, you know, just kind of homely looking and, like, angry and another bitter person. Like, it seems like a lot of people are pretty bitter. I don't I don't blame them, but <laughs> it's cold all the time. Um, he's pretty bitter, and he tells, he tells him it's too late. He's trying to get John to go, and John insists, you know, he's like, I'll wait here all night if I have to. Um, Master Eamon, um, <coughs> just, you know, he said he'll meet with them in the library. They have to get the fire going, comes down and, you know, John, you know, is like, oh, sorry to wake. He's like, no, you know, he's like, I don't sleep that much. And he immediately then starts asking him to help Sam, you know, help him be accepted as a brother of the Night's Watch so he can be removed from training. Um, he explains the abuse that Sam suffered, uh, from both Sir Alistair and the other recruits, uh, you know, and like I said before, like there's no, you know, nobody doubts that. You don't get anybody to say, oh, how could that possibly be? Everybody's pretty, you know, again, everybody knows what's going on. Um, Chet butts in that it is better not to anger Sir Alistair, that he's the only one who can advance the recruits, and it's none of Eamon's concern. And uh, Mr. Eamon, you know, ignores Chet and tells John to go on. Um, John suggests that Sam could be a steward and Chet scoffs at this and tells him there's physical labor involved. And, you know, he lists a whole rundown of things. Like I didn't even realize that they did all that, but, um, John persists and says, you know, I'm going to read this little part. Um, I know one thing Sam could do better than anyone. Yes. Master Eamon prompted. And John glanced warily at Chet standing beside the door, his boils red and angry. He could help you. He said quickly, he could do sums and he knows how to read and write. I know Chet can't read and Clytus has weak eyes. Sam read every book in his father's library. He'd be good with the ravens, too. Animals seemed to like him. Ghosts took straight to him. Um, there's a lot he... There's... Oh, sorry. There's... <laughs> a page down. There's a lot he could do besides fighting. The Night's Watch needs every man. Why kill one to no end? Make use of him instead. Master Eamon closed his eyes for a brief moment. John was afraid that he had gone to sleep. And finally he said, Master Meister Lewin taught you well... John Snow, your mind is as deft as your blade, it would seem. Does that mean, John asked? It means I shall think on what you've said, the maestro finally told him firmly, and now I believe I'm ready to sleep. Chet, show our young brother to the door. Um, i got a question related to this kind of section. Um, uh, Iruna22 from Reddit says, between the talk about the boys coming to the wall from the King's Road and John's comment of how Arya could beat Sam in a fight, I can't help but wonder what would have happened 
what would happen if um, Ari, Gendry, Hot Pie, and the other one joined Sam for training? What is your take? Would Aria have liked Sam? Would he have found out her secret if John was, let's say, out rangering? And more importantly, would him and Hot Pie have bonded or culinary arts? Mm-hmm. That's sort of like a cuter take. If he had had Sam, had had more interesting and kinder people to work with. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think Sam... I don't see Sam ever becoming good at, like, the fighting bit. Yeah, when it comes to that, Sam is just Sam. Hopeless. When it comes to the fighting, yeah, I don't, I don't think anything. I don't think he ever becomes good at that. Um, I do think Arya would have liked Sam though. Yes, I think um, so. Because John likes Sam. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because I think and Sam I do is think likeable. he and Hot Pie could have bonded. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about Hot Pie and Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Sam about is very Gendry. likeable. Yeah, it's a little surly. seems like a decent guy, and I think he likes Sam because Sam is a good and decent person, but I don't know if they'd be best buds. I don't think they're friends. I think, yeah, I think Gendry would be more with, like, the Grins and the um, Pips, like those other those other guys, and not so much friends with Sam. But I think I don't, he wouldn't have anything against Sam. He would not like him. And that's the thing, too. It's like, like we were saying earlier, like, it doesn't, I mean... Uh, Every organization needs different types of people, and I get that they have to be trained because the ultimate is they're defending the wall. I get that there has to be training, but it just seems so insane that you would just beat people down to the point that I mean, it's not like it's it's not like sometimes they're going around looking for more people. So it's like you think they'd want to kind of take care of the ones they have and not you know just say oh you're just gonna I don't care if you die off or somebody accidentally like you know kills you, hits you in the head too hard. Like It seems kind of counterintuitive. Yeah. Well, Everyone's useful in some way. Yeah. Mi- Wait, actually, yeah. no. It's a middle management problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be. Because the leadership <laughs> yeah. sound, it's whoever yeah. is, like, I mean, does Alistair report to um, Commander Mormont, or is there like a guy mm-hmm. above him? I mean, because, like, I think you figure out real quick what Alistair is good for, mm-hmm. and what he's not, and then you don't have him Right. <laughs> Unless they just don't have the choice. I mean, it could be like right now where we don't have enough bodies, you know, we're not allowed to hire. The Night's Watch can't hire. <laughs> or yeah, just trying. take them what they could. And they don't yeah. have a lot of good picks. So, like, you know, 30 years ago, Sir Alistair never gets to be in charge of the recruits. But now, you know, now he's the best of a bad lot. I, don't know. I love how I'm relating yeah. this to work environment, but I mean, this seems like, you know, they used to be in a position where you had, you had younger sons of lords routinely joining yeah. and it was like an acceptable place and you probably had good quality people. And now that's starting to be the exception to the rule. Yes. Like it's kind of viewed as like a low. Yeah. So now you're dependent on people. Tainted who decided they didn't want to be hung, but, you know, their skill in life was that they stole things or, you know, raped people. I mean, they're not. And I mean, Sir Alistair, for whatever he is, he is a knight. He does have battle experience. I mean, he's a shit and he's awful and a sadist, but I mean, maybe he's better than the alternative because they don't have Mm. an alternative. 
I don't know. Oh, that's, big, yeah. that's scary to think about. <laughs> yeah. That's very scary to think about. Well, I mean, I think um, that's but... why you get them trying to beg Tyrion to get his father to send them some people or Robert to yeah. send them some uh-huh. people is because they're falling apart and they know it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, um, I love here the way, you know, John goes to uh, Maester uh, Eamon about Sam. Um, but did he really have to shit on um, Chet and Clytus? He was like, well, one of your guys can't read, and the other one can yeah. barely even see. Like, I, I thought it was like, these guys are, they're, they're like kind of cranky enough, and you're insulting them right in front of him. He's yeah, got to run yeah, back and tell right, Clytus. Yeah. Well, yeah, Clytus. <laughs> was he there? Right was he there? Yeah, if he was there, he, yeah, they're going to find out. <laughs> oh, God. And it's basically like he could take, that's the thing. It's like, he's also selling him up to the point where he's like, oh my God, this guy's, going to take our you know top spot in the <laughs> you know our little roost here man i don't know i don't know what john but he you know <laughs> i guess it was good that he did it you know that he's kind of up front and lays it out. i like that he kind of just jumped right in and asked for what he wanted well i think it's it's like we're supposed to see him as a leader in the making yeah. Yeah. and he's not perfect at it because if he was perfect at it he wouldn't be insulting you know, <laughs> you know the other staff. Yeah, but... he, he just would have lifted <laughs> Sam up without having to tear them down. Kind of. Right, like right. diplomatic. But he's like very a diplomatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kid, and you know he doesn't <laughs> have that finesse yet. And arguably, that's also what you know gets him in trouble later because he doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, have that finesse, and it doesn't go well with his um, men. But. <laughs> Oh, well, I think we got to the end of the chapter. I guess if we have the rest of the another any mail items. Um, yes. So uh, from uh, Buck O'Hare on the Discord, uh, he asks, "Will you play Land of uh, Hope and Glory for their graduation?" <laughs> <laughs> um, and for Westeros graduation, well, Night's Watch graduation, I, I'm pretty sure they're just going to play one of the. On the old, um, the bear and the maiden bear for some reason or something, or the Dornstein's <laughs> wife. <laughs> One of the like six songs we hear about. <laughs> yeah, something they could drink to. <laughs> oh. I mean, it was nice to see them get a little, you know, I was kind of, oh, okay, they do get to celebrate <laughs> a little and have some happy feelings. <laughs> so we have more of a general, um, this isn't really episode specific, more general um, questions and comments. So um, from Sir Bonifer <coughs> through Gmail, um, dear ladies and Devin, uh, about Bobby B's look what you made me do moment with Cersei. So this is back to our, what was the Ned episode? <laughs> I'm not sure when it would have been released, but it was we <laughs> recorded like a month ago. Um, and so he's uh, Sir Bonifer says, I feel a lot of sympathy for her. Um, you can tell from her stoic reaction that being physically hurt by Robert is nothing new, but she pressed her case, her case, even knowing that it's likely to result in a bruise that would cover half her face. And she has a legitimate case. Catelyn sees Tyrion without evidence and outside of the king's justice system. And then Jamie goes and confronts Ned for what seems like no good reason at all. Eddard Nine hasn't aired yet, so I don't know how you feel about the incident, but I don't understand why Jamie goes through all the effort in finding Ned to threaten his life, but then backs down the moment Ned makes the obvious counter threat. Cersei is lying about what Ned did, but she's doing it to try to climb out of the hole Jamie has dug and better position herself to respond to Catelyn abducting Tyrion. 
although I understand why Robert has been on uh, the kill Daenerys train, this scene is a good example of how much more complex and frankly gross book Robert is compared with show Robert. Mm. You made me feel sympathy for Cersei. Um, book Robert, look what you made me do. Ah. Um, thank you for all your all your hard work, Bonifer. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have anything to say to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they said it all. That's a good, a, a, you know, assessment. Is that the last letter? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, you can reach us at close the door and at gmail.com on Tumblr at close the door and come here at tumblr.com. Um, submit questions to the chapter threads of the Jamie and Brienne subreddit. Um, it sounds like on Discord as well. And follow us on Twitter at Door Podcast. Please like, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Google, Stitcher, all those places. And please support us on Patreon at Close the Door. I'm every, uh, oh, actually, I want to thank everyone for hanging out this episode. Nice conversation. And I'm closing the door. Get out.